0: The lesson this evening doesn't exactly go with the cover, it's a little different. You know, we've been kind of going over some study about love and what love looks like in our lives. As I went to change it, I didn't want to tonight, because you've shown so much love the last few days, and um, you see it says, do everything in love, and I just want to thank you for sheltering us in love, and grieving in love, and uh, suffering in love, and um, I can't even think of everything, and um, I don't know what the future holds for you or your family, for me and my family, things change, my mother's life has changed, Our, our lives have changed. But I know that even in those changes, uh, I will never forget the last few days. And um, I'll never forget the changes. I'll never forget the sorrow or the grief. But I'll also never forget the love. Um, People driving to our house. Brother Knapp came. Uh, Brother Collier came. I know I'll I'll forget, but but within the first few hours even. And I've always wondered what exactly I would feel in that moment if that was too much on a family and different things. And I know that there's a certain sense that that could be overwhelming if there's too much or too many and all, but the Lord used who He did for it to be just the right amount. Monty and Carolyn and uh, Gail and Earl and just... uh, Again, I know I've forgotten some, but just different people that came by. Um, Mr. Crane and Mr. Young came even as I came home from the hospital, um, went to get my tell my kids. And then there was just some things I knew I needed to grab and take care of, so I came here just to grab them um, and have them. And then I got home to find out that Mr. Crane and Mr. Young had just been by to sort of give their comfort. And so that reassured in that moment, bringing meals and food. And I'm just glad we had, I don't know, 17 people or whatever it was in the house for a couple of nights because we'd have been in trouble with the amount of food that we had had we not had 17 people in the house. Uh, Food and and somebody came by and took the trash to the dump and uh, just a volume of things. And um, you have shown how to do many things in love. And so I appreciate that. This evening, not to keep things heavy or overly serious, um, I just want to just share some things from my heart. And I'll we'll preach through and talk through the passage. My demeanor may be a little different this evening. We are, we're tired. And, um, but I, I just still want to just help. And so the last few days, it's, it's kind of what I've said, people have mentioned things about preaching the sermon or different things, uh, preaching Sunday, and that has been a therapy for me uh, in a way. Different people can handle different things. There was moments, even even walking up to the pulpit at times, where I was like, this is not going to happen, um, but it's been a therapy. If my dad were here, he would say that it, it was because I'm cheap, it's a cheap kind of therapy. <laughs> uh, unless you guys all charge me and then I'll be in trouble. Um, but tonight I know it will feel maybe a little different, but I just, wanna, I just wanna talk through some of these things. And um, you, my dad would do that at times from the pulpit and I never fully grasped how heavy his heart must have been at times. And there's moments, you may not have been able to read quite those moments, there's moments where I knew things were going on in his life, and he'd get in the pulpit, and he would talk from his heart. And uh, though it was instruction, and though it helped others, I knew why he was speaking those things. And um, I, don't, I don't know that I could do anything else this evening, other than just share with you some things. Psalm chapter 9, you had a friend, uh, my best friend, that was, um, when I was in college, and we went out one summer and went our different ways. And I was traveling with a group singing and preaching kind of all over the place. And he went with a group that went, was just two or three of them, and they went to just help churches for more extended periods of time. We would kind of go into a church for an evening or two, sing, preach, do different things. Then we moved on. He went, and they would help church plants and different things for a couple weeks at a time all summer long. And uh, he was in an accident long story short in that summer, and he lost his life and he was killed. It was just a crushing blow emotionally, of course, a similar aspect to what many of us have felt the last few days. And uh, he preached a message at his home church just before uh, he left out for that summer. And it was from this passage, and he didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, he was full, he's strong and healthy. Um, I tried to find it online this week and listen to it. It used to be there and I used to be able to find it. Now I can't find it. I have a DVD of it somewhere in my house. I haven't had the time to go look for it. I, I just ached to listen to it. I'll find it sometime in the next few weeks. But the passage has stuck out. And so if you would, look at Psalm chapter 90. I'd like to read the chapter and then just focus on one particular thought this evening. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday. I kind of wish that was true this evening when it is past. And as a night, and as a watch in the night, thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep in the morning, and they are like grass which groweth up. So it's saying to God, years can seem like a moment. You know, I wish that were true for us as humans. We are here to live our lives for those moments. Verse 7, For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath we are we troubled. And thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. And for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. And so he's saying, there is wrath. We understand that in our sins and our iniquities. But well, isn't it good that to God, our horrible, sinful lives are just a moment. And then it's all going to be fixed. And When the scope of eternity, all my failures will have happened in a blink of an eye. And all the sin and sorrow that I'll ever suffer, it'll be like a breath of life. I don't remember the, how many breaths I took this morning walking from one room to the next. And as, just blinking a little there, as (laughs) insignificant as those couple breaths felt, one day in eternity, my life will feel that way. So I'm thankful for that. Look at verse number 10 if you would. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. Yet, there is, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. This is the verse I want to focus on this evening. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long, and let it repent thee concerning thy servants. O satisfy us early with thy mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days wherein thou hast afflicted us, and the years wherein we have seen evil. And let thy work appear unto thy servants, and thy glory unto their children let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Let's pray. God, help us one more time this week. I don't know that a Wednesday evening around your word could be better timed at this moment in our lives. I thank you for our moments together. Teach us, teach us to number them, that we can apply ourselves to wisdom in your precious and holy name, Amen. We'll look at that thought or those verses. Kind of begins his theme in verse number ten. At the end of it, he says, "The days of our years are three score years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years." And so he's kind of putting a this is a general approximate lifespan for the average human. If you took us back a little ways in history, I'm sure, if you averaged all the societies and their life expectancies and the different things that are involved, you know, this is about the average for most of us. You know, 70, if you're lucky, 80 years is what he's saying. No matter how long you live, though, it says, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. And then he goes into verse number 12. He says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. And I want to think about that thought to, tonight. It says, you have there in your bulletin kind of an illustration or an example or a thought. It says, Imagine, and unfortunately we're just imagining this evening. Imagine there's a bank account or a bank that credits your account with $86,400 a day. But the catch is, you have to spend it all. At the end of the day, at midnight, 11.59, you know, whatever it may be. 11.59, it goes back to zero. No matter what you had in it. So you can't save any of it. You gotta spend it all. You can't go to the ATM and take it out you know, in cash and hide it in a mattress, as many generations have, okay? You gotta spend it, it's, it's the newfangled thing. You gotta use a card, okay? You gotta, you gotta scan it, gotta swipe it, you gotta do it that way. You have gotta be done with it by the end of the day. If you have $5 left, it's zero at midnight. If you have $40,000 left, it's still zero at midnight. What would you do with it? How would you live tomorrow? Uh, What would you choose to spend it on? What would you choose, how would you figure out a way to make it work for you? Maybe those first few days you would buy a new car or a new truck. Now remember, it sets at zero, so you can't just say I'm a buy a new house you know some millionaires mansion you don't have that today okay so it's but but you can't save it either so it's kind of a a dilemma right you know what am i going to do with it and so you're working through and you're like well maybe if i buy this car or if i find this on sale and then tomorrow i could sell it and then maybe use some of that and i could invest it this way. Maybe they'll let me swipe a card and invest it in the stock market or something. I could take it out later or, you know, whatever it may be. We'd all try to figure out ways. In the first few days, we may splurge, but then we'd realize that spoiling is not what we need. We need something that sustains. And, and so we may up, figure out how to try to invest, or, but it would just kind of feel, though it's great. Yeah, $86,000 a day. This is awesome. This is going to be great for me. At the same time, every day we kind of feel helpless, like, ah, it was there, and then I just lost it, now I can't do anything with it, and maybe even what I bought yesterday isn't any better today, and it would just feel like it's always slipping in a way, and we'd be very cautious with how we handled ourselves, but notice how it kind of changes or changes the application this evening, that second paragraph, it says, but every morning we are credited with something. 86,400 seconds are in a day and every night it writes off and even quicker than that every second it writes off whatever we've lost whatever we've failed to invest in a good purpose whatever we have not used goes away we don't get to carry over a balance it'd be nice if i sleep for 15 hours a day then i'll get 15 extra hours tomorrow that would be nice you know i could live like you know 36 hours tomorrow because i slept extra long today, but it doesn't work. Each day we open a new account of time, and each night it burns out the remaining moments of our day. And if you failed to use today's deposits, that loss is yours. There's no going back, there's no drawing it against tomorrow. You have to live in the present, on today's deposits, on today's time that God has given you. And you have to invest it. And use it for what might last. And this thought, everybody gets this. This isn't some weird thought that Christians only understand. Everybody understands this. The world understands it. Lost people understand it. Pagan people understand it. That they can't go back in some time machine and figure out things for tomorrow. And and you can't go get tomorrow's time and use some of tomorrow's time today. Everybody understands that. But the mentality of that truth is where the Christian is different than the lost person. So the lost person, our society, and our culture, when they think about it and try to process that thought, kind of anchor in the fact that you can't go back and change the past, and we also can't guarantee ourselves a future. So, we need to live for, you hear this sometimes, live for the moment. Live for right now. And though at first that seems a little bit harmless, right? And it actually seems like kind of good advice, embrace And if I were to tell you that from my experiences this week, and from relationships that you have with people, it would be to live in that moment and cherish that moment and, and take it in and draw it in and uh, man, just and I am grateful. I feel like as a family, we have been able. To do that, that God has blessed us. And I, there's, there's no regrets to that. There are things, maybe, man, I wish i would maybe gone over there one more time than I had. Um, maybe I wish I you know, didn't have to rush away for this or that. And as we think about that, living in the moment sounds good. But the truth is, God's word teaches us something different. It teaches us we should not live for the moment. But because we can't go back in the past, and because we can't guarantee a future, we should live for eternity. That's the difference between the Christian's thought and the world's thought. The world looks back and says, I can't go back. I can't be sure of the future. So right now is all that matters. God's word teaches, I can't go back. And I can't guarantee what's tomorrow. So I should live for everything else for everything that is coming and for everything that God promises and everything that God guarantees. And if we think about, you see there, number one, if you think about the context of this request, what request? So teach us. He's asking God, God, teach us to number our days. Think us, what he's asking is, God, help me to think about my days the same way you think about my days. Remember how it said it's a moment, it's gone to God, it's just as a watch of the night. God, help me to think about my life the way you think about my life. Now, I don't know about you, that I'm not extremely comfortable with that. Anybody ever do this? I do it all the time, maybe because I'm morbid. I think, I'm 32 years old. If I live until I'm 64, then I get all of what I've already lived. And I can kind of, maybe I can kind of take comfort in that. Anybody ever, you can be honest, anybody ever felt like that? Or, or like, You know, I've done it since I was probably 12 years old, 13 years old. I'm like, I could do a double. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. You know, or when you're really young, you're like, you're 20 years old. And I'm like, man, I've lived 20 years. I got three or four more of these things, right? I got three or four more of these 20-year spans. (laughs) He he doesn't. (laughs) They're pointing at each other. Well, that's the way I think, and that's the way I feel sometimes, right? Right? But what's the context of asking God to teach us these things? Notice, if you would, the context of it is that God is eternal and life is brief. So which one should we invest in more? The eternal God and our relationship with Him or a brief life on this earth? Look, if you would, in verses 1 and 2, you have some blanks there just to kind of fill that in and draw some certain... Words out. You can do that later now if you want. Look at verses 1 and 2. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in what? All generations. Forever you've been there. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting, as far into the future as we may be able to think or even try to comprehend, God has been that far behind too. He is literally outside of time. We watch a sand dial and can control it. God treats all of history that way. And it says, you are eternal. And our life is brief. Look at verses 9 and 10. Again, it says, for all our days are passed away in wrath. We spend our years as a tale is told. Just like a story that has a beginning and an end. As a bedtime story my kids may ask me to tell. It, it's quick. Then verse 10 at the end it says, for soon it is cut off and we fly, we're just released from this life. And this is uncomfortable thoughts and we say, why are we dealing with this in such a heavy time? But very simply, we should take hope in that God is eternal. And that in the 55 years that we get to live, God spans eternity on either side of that. On the 20 years we get, on the 80 years we get, on the 100 years we get, He's infinitely before and He's infinitely after. So that's where I should put my life, and my thoughts, and my heart, and my trust. Look at number two, the necessity of the request. This is a psalm of Moses during the wilderness wandering. They had wandered for 40 years, and different people estimate, and there's different things that Scripture tells us, and the numbers of people that they had had, and the numbers of people that were there when they had to wander, and then how many went into the land. and there's different, About 15,000 people. We're dying per year right with these people that are wandering around so as moses is writing this you see there at the beginning it says um, a prayer of moses uh the man of god He's talking about he's dealing with, these are people that are used to death okay this is this isn't people that just have no concept that they're living in a happy la-la land they see people die all the time in big numbers sometimes in catastrophic ways sometimes as we've read moses has seen people die thousands die maybe hundreds of thousands in the plagues the people of israel have seen thousands die at a time in rebellion they've seen death over and over and over yet still he's asking god help us to number our days is it because they couldn't comprehend death is it because they didn't understand it but no he's asking god teach us to number our days It says as humans we naturally train ourselves to think back in our own lives as immortal. Like we just, we're just always going to be here. We're always going to last. And our relationship with God is this temporary thing that we sometimes we're good at and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're serious about it. And sometimes we put it off. But life is the thing that we really got to concentrate on. But it's the opposite according to Scripture. Our relationship with God is what really lasts. And our life on this earth is what, eh, take it or leave it says they needed to cry out to God in spite of being surrounded by death. They needed to cry out to God to help them live in light of eternity. They saw it all the time. Just like we've seen it this week. Mrs. Coleman last week. How, brother How I do mean, you remember how old exactly? 86 years. Mrs. Badger's mom passed away. My dad passes away. All at different spans. And there's millions of people around this world. It's all around us. But still, somehow we think about this life as this eternal thing. But there's something interesting. There's one little word in verse number 12. Notice the first word of the verse. So teach us to number our days. He's not saying this wouldn't be read out this way, like, God, here's all these things. So teach us to number our days. It's emotion in this word. He's saying, God, we are brief and you're eternal. So... So because of that, teach us, you can read it this way, teach us so to number our days. Teach us rightly to number our days. God, in the right way, help me think about my life. That's the reason or the necessity of this request. And then look at the last thing, the purpose of the request. Why is it? Is it just so that we think about death? And no, that's not the point. Or so that we think about how long is our life is? No, that's not it either. Why does He want us to think about this the right way? No matter our age, no matter our health, no matter our success or not success. Why does God want us to look at this the right way? Why do we need to ask? What's the purpose of this? Look at the end of verse number 12. So teach us to number our days. Why? So that we may apply our hearts Unto wisdom. That word apply means literally to gain, so that we can get a heart of wisdom. God, help me to think about things the right way so that I live the right way. God, help me to think about things the right way so that I love the right way. God, help me to think about my life the way that I should think about my life so I invest it the right way. God, help me to think about my life in respect of who you are and who you've promised that I am so that I handle myself the right way in this moment that I get on this earth. There's a purpose in it. What is it? And What what does He want to see? What does it look like when we apply our hearts to wisdom? What does it look like when we gain these things? Look at the end of the chapter. Look at verse 16. Let thy work appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto their children. And then verse 17, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Now notice He doesn't say God, help us number our days so we can appreciate life. God, help us to number our days so that we can be grateful for it, though we should. God, help us to number our days and look at life the way you look at it so that we're successful. He doesn't say any of those things. He says, God, help us to number our days. Why? So that we can see your work. So that we can understand and see your glory. And so that you become beautiful to us. Because I don't know about you, this week, as I've contemplated these two things, God being eternal, and life being brief, there's one of them that looks very beautiful to me, and there's one that doesn't. And when I think about life the way that I should, all of a sudden I think about God the way that I should. How am I going to do that? Only by begging God, help me number my days. Help me each day when I get up in the morning to open to whatever passage I'm studying and read Your Word and see what You have to say and then go out in this world and live not for the moment but for eternity. God, help me to see that my life does matter. It's not that my days are told so it doesn't matter. It's that it matters. Okay, if I take a, take a stick of dynamite Right? It's this big, by that wide. It has an itty-bitty fuse. And I'll light the end of it and be like, it's not that big. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But it does. And our lives, no matter how big or how small, they matter. If God teaches us to number our days. And if we live our life in light of thy work, thy glory, and thy beauty. God's work. God's glory. And God's beauty. And those things are what I'm concentrating on. All of a sudden, everything else just starts to kind of fall away. To find what's really important. Have you ever worked with <clears throat> metal or some car or, or, or some, you know something along the way, and it's got this old rusty stuff, and it's like, ah, that's gross. That's nothing. It's kind of just nasty stuff, you know, whatever. You go in and uh, there's this different, some of this furniture and stuff that my mom has bought and done, and some of it's had this galvanized tin or, or it's had different kinds of metal on it or d- different things. In some places it gets faded. In some places it rusts and different things. But, man, you go in and you rub away the rust. and You sand it down and you get it away. All of a sudden it changes what it looks like. The same thing with our lives. We get in and we beg God help us number our days, we start to sand away what really doesn't matter. All of a sudden it becomes something totally different. And so tonight, hopefully, I haven't just uh turned this into a heavy moment. But the reality is, it is a heavy moment. And in this heavy moment, I think God's given us an opportunity to take advantage of. Somebody else's experience, somebody else's life. And it may not be your pastor that really brings it out. It may be a family member that you're thinking of. It may be a spouse. It may be a son or a daughter that's been lost. It may be your your own life, your own suffering, your own things that you're going through. But I think in this moment it would be lost, a lost moment. If we didn't sit down and just think, why does, not, not does life matter, but why does life matter? Why did the 55 years that dad was here, why did it matter? Amen. Because he had a God. Amen. Because that God had a work. Because that God has glory. Because that God has beauty. And it gave a 55-year life meaning. Amen. And I'm 32 years old if I don't make it to 33, I still pray, God, help me number my days. Help me figure some of these things out. What really matters? God, help me take inventory of my time with my family, of the moments that I have at work, of the people that I meet in passing. Because all of a sudden, those things, when my days are numbered, those things change. When I think about it the way God wants me to think about it, when He has so taught me to number my days, all of a sudden I start to handle those things in a better way. One that points to God's work and points to God's glory and to God's beauty. It closes there. It says the same way we can waste money on trivial things, we can end up broke, right? Take that $86,400 at the beginning of the day that somebody put in your account. You go find a car, it's $86,398. Oh yeah, you swipe that thing. We're gonna go buy buy it and we're driving down the road. This is awesome. And then like 9 a.m. comes and you're hungry. (laughs) But you don't have any money to buy food. Or all of a sudden you go home and you're out of toilet paper. You know, or you have an accident. You need to go to the doctor. And you don't have it. You've wasted it on trivial things. The same way we can waste our time on trivial things. And our days should be spent on God's work, seeing God's beauty. Dear Lord, we. We just ask for help. Though it's a serious moment, we thank you for times of levity. We thank you for times of humor and lightness. And that the reminder will be that it won't always exactly feel like this. It'll hurt, I'm sure, and I've never done this before, so I don't know for how long or how much, but it'll at least change, I know. But in the meantime, I'm going to use this moment to number my days. So that the time spent with my children points to God's glory. God's work and God's beauty, so that the conversations I have at work point to God's work and God's beauty and God's glory, so that the moments that I may get with someone that seems to be bothering me or stealing my time would instead be used pointing to God's work, God's beauty and God's glory. We pray that you'd help us as a church.